If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high-quality recordings regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. JazzCast Pros. You know, looking at my life and looking at how social interactions are different for me, someone would always call me Spock from Star Trek to the Vulcan and they don't show emotion. They're very logical beings and they have a lot of emotion, but they don't show them. So this person would often use that as a kind of like derogatory, but I know and people have told me I'm very direct. I've always been that way. I can't sugarcoat. So those are just some things that I've noticed that may support my rediagnosis process. So I take the ASQ50 and the CATQ, a questionnaire that looks for masking, like how have you adapted as an adult traits of autism? And so here's what is interesting. BPD, borderline personality disorder, fit more than bipolar disorder. And bipolar disorder fit more than depression and postpartum depression alone. I looked into, and we talked a little bit about in my therapy session, complex PTSD. That fits better than borderline personality disorder. About the autism spectrum, my score was, drumroll please, Welcome to Healthy Illness Podcast, a podcast helping you build healthier relationships while living with mental health conditions. I am your host, Kelly Marie. And listen, if you are in crisis, if you need someone to talk to, if you are in a place where you need a lifeline, you can't find someone to talk to, but you're in an urgent need, please dial 988. It's the crisis helpline. There is someone there 24 hours a day, seven days a week to take your call to help you work through this situation that you're in right now. If you're with someone who needs help, call 988. They will help you help that person. It is free. It is confidential. It is okay to not be okay. You're not alone. Please dial 988 if you are in need of immediate assistance. In today's episode, I'm talking about next steps in my misdiagnosis adventures. If you checked in last time, I spoke about this misdiagnosis of borderline personality disorder. My therapist agrees that BPD is not my diagnosis um, per se, and that now what? Depression is very much a part of one of the things that I deal with. Anxiety is very much one of the things that I deal with. And so there's something else there. And what is that something else? And for me, it's important to know what that is because it helps me to function in life. I'm the type of person that needs rules. I like to break rules, but I need to know what the rules are in order to break them. And having a diagnosis, again, helps me help me. I will share life and (laughs) all of the things that are, are happening in this journey, in this leg of my mental health journey. Right now, it feels like a saga 
I just don't know, to be honest. So I, I thank you for listening. I thank you for always being there. And thank you for your support. Big shout out to Jazzcast Pros, Jazzy T and the Jazzcast Pros Network uh, and the incredible other um, podcast hosts that are a part of the network. So check those folks out. And I'm going to dive into our topic, but I just want to shout out a couple folks that I spent my morning with. Tanya Staples, leading lady, first lady at First Shiloh Baptist Church in Buffalo. Her and her husband, Pastor Jonathan Staples, held an annual luncheon this morning. And um, I was one of the awardees of the Purposeful Women of Faith. And when I tell you that the women that were honored were absolutely incredible, they were. I knew several of them, which was amazing to be sitting at tables with women that I have known for years, like Carla Thomas, who I love. We actually ended up sitting next to each other inadvertently. I was just sitting next to some random lady who turned and said, hey, do you have enough room? Because, you know, these hips don't lie. I'd be needing a little extra space. And it was Carla. So all giggles and love. She has over the years been a great mentor to me. I went to high school and was very close with her daughter. And she's been there. She she has done some incredible things and really had my back in some tough situations in life. So KT, congratulations. You totally deserve every award that could ever be offered to you. Your generosity, your love for me and for our community is incredible and commendable. And I wish you many, many more accolades. So big shout out to Carla Thomas, to Erie County Legislature Chairwoman April Baskin. She received an award and did our keynote. To Bertha Brinson, to Michelle Williams, just incredible women who are about this life and doing this work. And Asanta Wahali, who just received promotion in her work over at Northland Workforce Training Center. I've known her since she was a little girl. And to be able to see someone, you know, full grown living this life and and giving back in the way that her family has always done was really incredible. It was cool being there. But listen, Angela Blue, what? So Buffalo, New York is a very, very small community. People think we're a major city and uh, we're really not. And so I've worked with Angela for as long as I've been doing health and wellness work in Buffalo and Erie County. And back when we had no clue what we were doing, but we knew you might hear my coffee brewing. I know in middle of the day, but I need some good, strong coffee. So if you can hear my coffee brewing, that's what's happening in the background. My bad, Jazz. So Angela is incredible and has always been this force to be reckoned with. So to really be acknowledged with these women absolutely honoring and humbling for me. So ladies, you deserve all of the kudos and the big ups and the awards and the certificate that there ever could be because you are incredible. That kind of led me to, you know, this conversation as well around next steps around a diagnosis, because as I'm sitting in this room with people, like, I don't like, I just, I'd rather not be in a room of people. And it was comforting to me to be able to have people that know me and have known me for so long that I felt comfortable just being myself. You know, I still showed up, I dressed up. I didn't come in my pajamas like I wanted to, right? But it was so comforting, even with that little bit of anxiety that I had about being at this event, to have so many people 
immediately in my circle, like literal tables, circle tables that were there. So they don't know that they were providing that kind of support. We were just all in the room together. But for me, being in the room with them was so beneficial. And so when I look at this possibility of autism diagnosis, now listen, you can't, like, there's no self-diagnosing here, right? Like, you, you have to be diagnosed by a mental health professional or by a health professional, someone who specializes in autism and preferably someone that specializes in diagnosing women and adults because it just, it's different. And so one of the things that I did after talking to my therapist, she sent me some next steps in, in people to, to talk to about getting an assessment done. Um, and, and she warned me, you know, it will probably take some time, but make the appointment, get the phone calls in. I went, of course, to the internet because she didn't see some of the things that I know that I go through. And so in this last appointment, I was able to share with her things that don't come up in our regular therapy sessions. It's just for me, life and how I process and deal with things. And so they haven't come up in our session. So a therapist assessment is only going to be as good as what they could see and as good as what, what you tell them. And so some of the things that she didn't know about, because why would she, is when I was a kid, my mom would, and this is my mom telling me this story, not me remembering it, but she would like Christmas time, go out shopping and get all these gifts that she would think I absolutely love. And I probably did love them. You know, I opened up the gifts and I'm like, eh, thanks. But very, you know, flat, deadpan. My given name is Akila. It means wisdom, one who thinks before she speaks. And I was named Akila because I literally said whatever the fuck came out of my mouth. No filter. I had to learn how to respond. And I find myself even now not being the first person to respond. I'll wait to gauge the room and see how people are acting and reacting to know in what way I can present myself in a safe space because I know that if I present myself in a way that's socially unacceptable, they're not even going to hear what it is I actually have to say. Big shout out to Latricia and Garney Davis Jr. They are a couple that fully support me. And, you know, a few years ago, I felt comfortable enough saying to them, listen, I need your help in acting and reacting in faith circles, because I don't, as a representative of this ministry, I, I never want to misrepresent God. I never want to misrepresent this ministry, but I don't know how to say certain things. I don't know um, what's proper, what's not proper. There's a couple times that I spoke early in my ministry that, and I said things that were clearly not acceptable. And by not acceptable, I mean, it just weren't. It wasn't the topic. It was how I spoke about the topic. Just not knowing what is like, you know, a square is a square. But if that's not what we, how we say things here, then I need to know in in what ways to maneuver. And so, I speaking to to Latricia and Garney, being able to have that open conversation. And have them hear me and say, okay, we got you, meant a lot to me. Another, you know, looking at my life and looking at how social interactions are different for me in a personal relationship, someone would always call me Spock from Star Trek. And if you don't know who Spock is, he's a Vulcan and they don't show emotion. They're very logical beings and they have a lot of emotion. Emotions run deep, but they don't show them. You know, like when they speak, they're very flat. 
they, you know, are, are very, again, very logical. And so they, this person would often use that as a kind of like derogatory way of like telling me I'm unfeeling and I'm not unfeeling, but I know, and people have told me I'm very direct. I've always been that way. And I don't see why you would not want to be. I can't sugarcoat. I try. I try and like make that. It just, it don't work for me. y'all. It just don't, it don't. So I inadvertently hurt people because of how I say things. And that's never my intention. And so I find that if I know I've hurt someone or I know they're what I would say is fragile, I won't respond or I'll tell them, you're asking me a question I don't think you want me to answer because I don't know how to say it in a way that will be well-received by you. And so those are just some things that I've noticed in looking at my communication with people and interaction with people that may support my rediagnosis process. And so shared all of that and, and more with my therapist because we have 45 minutes together, whereas you and I don't. And, you know, she was like this, I didn't know these things. And, and this is sounding more in alignment with the autism spectrum and me like not being able to, it's not that I can't read a room. I purposely read a room and analyze people's actions and reactions. So I, it's not a natural reading of the room. One of the things that I would get in arguments with folks over, I really don't argue either. Like, I don't have a reason to argue. I say it when I say it. But when someone say, what would you do if you were me? I'm not you. So how would I know? I mean, I can't picture myself being you. I would never be in that situation. Like, why? How would I be able to respond in that way? I cannot picture being in your situation. I can help you figure out how you, you know, your options in responding, but I am not you. So what I would do is irrelevant because I'm not you. That one, I think, is something that's come up a lot that over the course of my adult years, I just like, what do you mean? Like, how how can someone say what they would do if they were you? They don't have your life experience. They don't have your perspective. They don't know how you think. They don't know, you know, what your relationships are like. They may see from the outside, but they're not in the relationships, right? Like no one can answer what they would do if they were you because they literally don't know. So I can go on forever about that particular thing, but we'll see. If you're enjoying this episode, check out High Vibe Table Talks, where we start to remove mental barriers and take action now so you can achieve your someday desires. I'm your host, Marshawn Hargrave, and if you've ever heard that little voice inside to go after something, but the fear around the unknown felt too big, this is the podcast for you. Listen and subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks on the Jazzcast Pros Network with the podcast listener you're using right now, because it is high time you activated your high vibes. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high-quality recordings regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. 
So in this process of re-diagnosis, I did head over to Google and found a website, embrace dot, or embrace slash autism.com. And it's a website that was created by a psychologist and someone who was diagnosed with autism as an adult. And she's a psychotherapist, not a psychologist, psychotherapist. And so I, I thought that was a good place for me to start. A lot of information does not exist on adult testing, um, not from a like a peer review, peer reviewed standpoint or a scientific standpoint. Like it just that information doesn't really exist yet. And what you find is that most information again is relating to children because that's the most noticeable age group of people. And as more um, diagnosing and testing and understanding evolves around children with autism, it has then spread to understanding adults that may also be on the autism spectrum. And so I headed over to the website. I'll put the show, I'll put the link in the show notes. And I did a couple of the assessments that they have. Again, this is not way of self-diagnosing, but a way of pointing in the direction, like the next direction. And so I did two of the surveys and the two questionnaires that I took gave me enough information to say, okay, I have enough information. I don't need to do anything else. I really need to wait until I see a health professional that can help me work through this. And so um, I took the ASQ 50, which is a 50 question questionnaire, and I took the CAT Q 25. So the ASQ-50 is like the most common tool used for screening tool for autism. So they, on the the website, provide some um, supplemental information and kind of, it's they say it's outdated questionnaire. So they kind of updated it a little bit. But what I like about this website, and again, it's embrace slash autism, Dot com. When you take the surveys and take the questionnaires, you don't have to give them any information to get the answers back. Like you don't have to give them your email address. You don't have to put your phone number or your name. And I find that that happens a lot when you're on websites that, you know, you take a little survey and they're like, oh, your results are almost ready. Give us all of your personal information. And we'll tell you the information you want to know. This website does not do that. So I really appreciate that in this like part of my my journey. So I take the ASQ50 and the CATQ, a questionnaire that looks for masking. Like how have you adapted as an adult? Do the things that you do now show that you're masking traits of autism? The indication once you take the exam is if you have a score of greater than 26, it's indication that you might be autistic. Lower scores mean you're likely not autistic. You may be, but, you know, that's not likely. And so my score on that one was a 33. For non-autistic females, their average score is a 15, um, some um, more than a little bit higher, right, than the, the average score. And then on the CATQ questionnaire, the average score for female who is autistic is 24.35. So this particular one has uh, three sections. Um, It tests for compensation, masking, and assimilation. So again, how have you, as an adult, 
learn to live with whatever you got going on. In this case, I mean, it's autism. So the average score for females that are are actually autistic, the total score on average is 124.35. Again, similarly to the last one, the higher your score, the more likely you are to be autistic, the lower your score, less likely you are to be autistic. And so my score was, drumroll please, 160. For compensation, the average is 41.85. My score was 59. For masking, the average is 37.87. And the my score was a 50. And assimilation is 44.63. And mine was 51. So these are scores for females that are autistic with the diagnosis, taking this questionnaire, that those were their average scores versus my average scores. It is what it is. I mean, we'll see what a medical professional actually says. They'll probably actually give me the same questionnaires, but I will keep you posted on that. And so here's what is interesting. BPD, borderline personality disorder, fit more than bipolar disorder. And bipolar disorder fit more than depression and postpartum depression alone. I looked into, and we talked a little bit about in my therapy session, complex PTSD. That fits better than borderline personality disorder. The more I read about the autism spectrum and how I know how my brain works on the inside, it fits more than borderline personality disorder. And so I don't know what the answer is. I, I hope to be able to find the answer. And when I say that you are not your diagnosis, you tr- you're not. You are you, whole and wonderful and beautiful and complete as you are. For me, again, it helps me to understand me and why I do the things that I do and think the ways that I think and function the way that I function. Someone else may not care and that's okay. For me, it doesn't mean that the tools don't work. The tools still work. They've helped me make it to 46 years old and I'm coming up on 47. Even though it's frustrating, and I've cried some tears, I'm not going to lie, it's frustrating to be in this position. It's okay to be in this position. My hope is that by being able to have a diagnosis you know, like, and maybe we'll get it right this time. I don't know. But that's my hope is that it will help me further heal. It'll help me further understand my relationships with my children, my detachment at birth to them and how I, I, you know, was totally their caretaker, but I did not attach to them in the way that people talk about attaching the children when they're born. But that also could be explained by some other things, right? So we'll see. I thought it was necessary to come back and not leave you hanging and in suspense since I had more information, but that is where we are. So I will update you. I will keep you posted. I will let you know how long it takes to get my appointment and what that appointment's like and the process. And we'll see if maybe we can find someone who specializes in adult diagnoses of autism and in other diagnoses, because I don't want to just stay with autism. I want to talk about this range of 
of symptoms and in range of adjusting and living life in meaningful ways that may not necessarily fall into a bucket. And so at the end of the day, I may not fall into a bucket. I may just be Kelly doing Kelly things. And that's also okay. So until the next time, I encourage you to be the light. Again, if you are looking for resources, dial 211 or go to 211 in your browser. It's a national network um, led by the United Way. They are able to keyword search resources for you. You can do it for yourself on the website or you can call and talk to someone and have them walk you through the process. Until the next time, thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, share all the things that I should have said at the top of the show. You know, let people know you're listening. Send it to your friends and family if, you know, you, you think they could benefit from it. Hey, if you like this episode, check out Getting Real with Bossy, where we chat about what it's like to be a woman business owner. You'll hear interviews with women who are doing what it takes to succeed and the reality of what that looks like. We cover all the topics, figuring out the rules and regulations, navigating business partnerships, even if that's your spouse, motherhood while running a business, working within your values, and all the ups and downs of being the boss. Are you ready to get real? Pop over to our podcast, Getting Real with Bossy. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.